0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on in-flight Snack, the season for the Jets is over, and now the final four teams in the AFC and NFC are set. I'll tell you why this was such a blown opportunity for the Jets this year and something I thought of during the NFL playoffs as two games in particular, on the Sunday games, when I watched the Lions and when I watched the Chiefs and the Bills, I thought about the Jets a lot. So I'll tell you about that, and also could the jets be doing something behind closed doors that can improve their team immediately? Just one move that can really improve their team. And maybe we don't know about it. Maybe it's not being talked about. Is it possible? I don't think it is, but Hey, if it's happening behind closed doors and maybe they're tricking us behind our backs, I would love that. I'll tell you what that is and a whole lot more coming up in a moment. With the NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, BetOnline has you covered with all the the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering info anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code BELIEVE. BLEAV for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Line ready. The snap clean. The placement down. The kick is up. And the kick hooks to the left. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown Jets. Yo, it's Quinn and here, and you listen to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami LaVie. Bilal is out today, and uh, just a quick explanation here. Bilal was out uh, last week, and then I was out, or sorry, Bilal was out two weeks ago. I was out last week. So it's been a minute since we've done this, but it's a New York Jets podcast. We still do this thing, and coming up later this week on Wednesday or Thursday, Bilal and I will be back Together, back to normal to recap everything that's gone on. Don't worry, you're not missing a thing. Everything that's gone on with the Jets, everything that's gone on in the world of football in the NFL. But I wanted to jump on here as to not miss too many days without an episode since I'm already back this week. Figured I'd give you a nice Monday episode as it is Monday today, Monday, January 22nd. Um, And we just finished the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The matchup for the championship, the conference championship games are set. They're going to be in Baltimore and San Francisco. So the two number one seeds hosting the championship games. And watching the games yesterday, I had a few Jet thoughts. So I I wanted to just jump into those. We'll talk about, obviously, the end of the season, how it went with the Jets. They send Bill Belichick off. We'll talk about all that with uh, Bilal on Wednesday. But for today, um, I just had an interesting thought when I was watching the Lions game yesterday and I've had thoughts and they generally relate to the jets throughout the playoffs. Like when Jordan love was throwing off his back foot and I know all the memes were going around. Oh, I can't wait for Jordan love to play for the jets in 2040, lock them in for the super bowl. It's going to be lit. Um, yeah, so all that stuff is cool. All that stuff is funny, but Jordan love when he almost beat San Francisco on Saturday, I was like, Oh my God, Rogers. That was the one team he couldn't beat in the playoffs. And now this guy, this guy, in year one, how Jets is that? And it's a joke, but it's funny because Rodgers, in being a Jet, became cursed like the Jets that the guy who succeeded him would go out and beat the Niners because that would be Jets' luck. So even though Rodgers himself... Maybe doesn't have that luck now that he's on the Jets has that luck and doesn't bother me as a Jets fan. I don't mind seeing Jordan Love and the Packers having success. I root for good teams to be good, and they're a good, young, fun team, and hopefully will be good for a long time. Now, a couple other things. I mentioned the Lions game. The two best offensive linemen in that game were Panay Sewell and Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs obviously plays for the bucks. Panay Sewell plays for the Lions. And I thought to myself The Jets had the opportunity to draft Tristan Wirfs, and instead they took Makai Becton. The Jets had the opportunity to draft Panay Sewell, and instead they took Zach Wilson. Now, I'm not saying Sam Darnold was ever going to have success here. But if you got those two picks right and you kept him for that fourth year, and no, maybe you shouldn't have kept him. um, You probably should have traded him anyway and seen what you could get and seen if you could go a different direction at the quarterback position. His time in New York didn't go great, whether you want to blame Adam Gase or whatever it was. But once you weren't getting that Lawrence pick, you should have gone with Panay Sewell. I love Tristan Wirfs. I'll tell you why right now. I was huge on Tristan Wirfs because I saw the video of him jumping out of the pool. I liked him over Becton for that one reason. Literally that one reason. Not a great reason. But I knew there were rumors about Beckton and his issues off the field and his personality. That checked out. He hasn't been great. (laughs) And Tristan Wirfs was a guy who didn't have those issues. And I saw that pure, raw athletic ability. And if you see how the Lions built a team from a loser franchise, because I'm conflicted watching this game. I'm watching this game in one sense like, wow, a team that is cursed like the Lions. First conference championship game since 91, never went to a Super Bowl, hadn't hosted a playoff game in 30 years, hadn't won a playoff game in 32 years. Then they do all of that in one year, they host a playoff game, they win a playoff game, they win a second playoff game, they host a second playoff game, and they're going to the conference championship game in San Francisco. And by the way, they were really close, really, really close, about a minute and 40 seconds away from hosting the Green Bay Packers for the conference championship game. So when I watch the Lions, in a way, I'm thinking, man, it can happen. It can happen for the Jets. And this is what makes sports amazing is that it gives you that hope. That's why we keep coming back. That's why we keep watching. Why else would we do this to ourselves? Would we put us through ourselves through this? Lions fans went through 30 years of pain and suffering. And is the 30 years of agony worth it now? I heard some people saying, because I was in Detroit over the weekend, ironically, I have family there, and happens to be I was there over the weekend when they it's like the biggest sports weekend. They, they, Michigan goes out and wins the national title game, and then the Lions go out and win two playoff games two weeks in a row. That's three consecutive weeks now that have just been the greatest three weeks in Michigan sports. So I was talking to some people there. And they're like, it's incredible. We haven't experienced anything like this. This is the best thing. And the longer we wait, because we waited so long, it makes it even better. It makes the winning feel so much more special. I was like, yeah, but was it worth it? Does the win now feel so much better than a win would have felt 10 years ago that it was worth the extra 10 years of pain? The 30 years of agony and terrible football and just pain constantly, is it worth it? Sure, the wind feels great now. That's what I asked, so that's a debate for another time. But as it pertains to the Jets, it's just, it can happen. A team that you perceive as cursed, a team that you think there's no way, a team that you think everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And look, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative here, but you heard me and my father one of the very first episodes we did. Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt behind this offensive line, and then he did. How is this going to get messed up? And then it got messed up. So it sucks. I hate that I talk that way. I hate that that's how I feel about this team. But at the same time, hope keeps you moving forward. Hope keeps you alive. There's always hope. If that team can do it, anyone can do it. And watching Todd Bowles on the other side, a guy who was here and didn't have success here, watching a guy like Baker Mayfield who was written off and had to earn a starting job this year, was thought to be potentially out of the league at the end of the year last year. Lost the job to Sam Darnold in Carolina, right? Watching him win a playoff game. It can happen for anyone. It can happen for any team. You know, there's no reason, and somebody said this, Jerry Reco said this on WFAN. Or actually, no, it wasn't Jerry. It was actually Al Duke said it, ironically. Um, and, and what's interesting about that is that Al is not a sports fan. Al is very pragmatic. He thinks about things not in an emotional way. So when Al Duke said something about sports on the radio... It actually kind of made more sense than an emotional sports. line. he was actually talking Jerry Reco, the cowboy fan off the ledge. He's saying, why would you fire Mark McC- Mike McCarthy in Dallas Dak Prescott's coming off the best year of his career with Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling. Mike McCarthy has had incredible regular seasons. He's won a playoff game in Tampa with this team against Tom Brady. Why would you fire him? Because you had one terrible game or because for the last 30 years, the Cowboys have had playoff disappointments. He's only been here for three of those years. So you're going to tell me all 30 years are his fault? Just because it sucks in the past, you're going to keep making the same mistakes and bring in a new coach and make the same mistakes again and again? Last year's loss doesn't relate to this year's loss. Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner and Quinn and Williams and Aaron Rodgers and whoever they bring in next year are not the same players as Frank Gore or Sam Darnold or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Bilal Powell And Bilal can talk about this, and I'll talk to him about this when we talk on Wednesday. The rosters change over. The players change over. These are guys who aren't coming in from New York. These aren't Jets fans. These are new players. These are new athletes. These are new guys, new personalities, new coaches, new GMs, new staff. Everything changes over. So to think that there's some sort of thing that's holding this franchise back that they can't ever be good because of some greater God knows what, like some sort of higher power that's holding them back, it just doesn't make sense. There's no curse. That's the hope we live on. The Lions got it right. The Lions got the right head coach. They got the great general manager, and they built the off from the offensive line, defensive line. They built from the inside out. They have the best offensive line in football, and they dominate with their offensive line. They dominate with their defensive line. They got a quarterback who was written off by one of the best coaches in the league, by one of the smartest play design, play callers in the league. And he's come into Detroit and become, he was a throw-in. He was thrown into that trade so that the contracts would match. The whole point was get the draft picks, which worked out great. They hit on those draft picks, right? They trade Matthew Stafford and the draft picks they hit on every single one of them. Jameson Williams, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta. Those were the three picks. Pretty good, I'd say. Now, miss me with the whole, the Lions won the trade. They did not win the trade. Until they win a Super Bowl, they did not win the trade. The Rams got what they wanted. They won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, and they went back to the playoffs this year with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is impressive, and I think he can keep playing for a while if he wants to. He looked dominant this year in the second half of the season. But to think that the Lions were just cursed forever. No, they got it wrong over and over again. They made bad decisions. They made mistakes over and over again. And when they started doing it the right way and they started building it the right way, it worked for them and it's working for them. So the Jets aren't cursed. So on one hand, you have the hope, you have the dream. You look at it and you say, great, we're not cursed. There's not this 30-year curse on us. Sure, we have the longest playoff drought, in the NFL. In fact, every other team in the NFL has made it twice since the last time the Jets made the playoffs once. Every other team in the league has made the playoffs at least twice since the Jets last made the playoffs. But if you build it the right way and you start to improve the team and you make the right decisions, it can be you too. And that's a blessing and a curse because the curse of it is Well, that kind of sucks. Do you trust this team to build it the right way? Well, maybe not. Maybe not Joe Douglas. Maybe not Robert Sala. But to say that forever this franchise is going to keep getting it wrong, it's just not logical. It's emotional. And that's how we feel emotionally. But watching those Lions fans and watching the Lions, they got it right. They built it the right way. And there's no higher power. There's no curse. There's just a team that sucked at building it the right way and finally got the right people in there and finally built it the right way. And if you go back and you watch the hard knocks when people are laughing at Dan Campbell and his style and him crying and he's emotional and we're biting kneecaps off, he has the perfect combination of gutsy and ballsy and also emotional and loves the players so much. And it's real, it's genuine. People made fun of it a little bit, but if you go back and watch it now... Oh, man. And considering what this team did, is there any coach better? Has there any, been a coach that's turned around the franchise the way he has, along with the GM there, along with Jared Goff and all the players that came in there? I don't think there is. So hats off to them. That was what I was thinking. I was thinking about how it relates to the Jets. I try and relate it back. That's what I do on this show. That's the podcast, right? Relate it back to the Jets. The Jets podcast. But that made me think, like, wow, it could happen for us. Now, when I watched the AFC game yesterday, which was the Bills and the Chiefs, and by the way, the playoffs, they've lived up to the hype pretty much. Um, Some people complain, oh, there's blowouts and stuff. Well, look, the Ravens blew out the Texans. And look, the Texans... With a young C.J. Stroud going into Baltimore, they kept it close. It was 17-10, I think, in the fourth quarter. They kept it close as long as they could. I thought they would keep it closer, and then they fell apart. I don't think they scored in the second half. So it sucks, and whatever. It is what it is. C.J. Stroud, though, D'Amico Ryans, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. They're going to be there and going to be good for a really long time, which we'll get to in a second. Great job by the Ravens. You have a home playoff game. You beat the Lamar Jackson can't get it done in the playoffs allegations. You get it done, and you dominate. You did exactly what you needed to do. So good job by Lamar. Great job by the Ravens. And now we'll see. They'll move on. They'll get to host Kansas City. So Kansas City beats the Bills again. And Kansas City's going back to the AFC Championship game for the sixth consecutive year. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes' career, he loses in overtime because of a Chris Jones offsides right? In the AFC. first of all, Brady takes the lead on him with, like, 40 seconds left, and Mahomes gets them into field goal range. That's his first year starting. His second year in the league, first year starting against GOAT Tom Brady. Tom Brady's still at the top of his game, (laughs) and he forced overtime. Just the fact that he forced overtime in that game, and then obviously the Patriots get the ball first in overtime, and it's over. But the fact that he even got it to overtime, and obviously the Chris Jones offside and how that changes the game, of course, I get it. But he loses to Brady at home in the AFC Championship game. The next year, he wins the AFC Championship game. He wins the Super Bowl, right? The following season was when they had the terrible offensive line, right? Brady's year in Tampa. They have the terrible offensive line. Somehow they still go to the Super Bowl anyway. They lose the Super Bowl to Tampa because his offensive line was getting killed. But it's like he still somehow was in the AFC Championship game and won it. The following year, they lose to Cincinnati. That's the fourth year. The following year, the year after that, they beat Cincinnati when he couldn't even walk on that ankle. And he made a couple of running plays that were just unbelievable. And then last night, he gets himself into his sixth consecutive AFC championship game. And when it comes down to what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes the last two weeks, and this is what makes him the greatest quarterback of this generation, he's Tom Brady now. What Tom Brady was for 20 years is now Patrick Mahomes. It's undeniable. Patrick Mahomes is going to go down. And if he somehow makes it to the Super Bowl this year with this team, because all anyone wanted to talk about is there's no receivers. Kelsey's taking a step back. Mahomes isn't as good this year. He can't just pull the magic out of his hat anymore. He's never had to get it done on the road. Now he has to get it done on the road in the playoffs. And guess what he did? He went on the road in Buffalo in tough conditions, throwing snowballs at him. And he won that game. And by the way, if you want to blame the kick, first of all, Josh Allen, you had plenty of opportunities to go score the touchdown on that drive, and you failed. And Stephon Diggs, you dropped a huge pass on that drive. You failed. But even if you make the field goal, you kick the field goal, kick is good, we're going to the AFC Championship game. No, you're tied. And Patrick Mahomes has two timeouts and a minute and 47 seconds left. You really think Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to drive down and win the game? Are you kidding me? Have you seen this guy? And I know this year he hasn't done it a ton, and we've come so accustomed to it. But that's what's crazy about Mahomes in the playoffs with all the allegations against him and all the... Oh, Mahomes can't get it done. Mahomes can't get it done. This team isn't the same. Kelsey isn't the same. Taylor Swift's ruining the team. The receivers aren't great. Was she Rice, Kadarius, Tony... Marquez Valdez Scanling, these guys stink. But Cole Hardman actually stinks. His numbers sucked. But guess what? Mahomes is still magic. He proves that when he needs to get it done, he finds a way. The throws he makes, the the magic he pulls off, (laughs) buying time in the pocket, scrambling when he needs to. He just reminds you every year in the playoffs that he could just turn it on like that. And he's... Almost like he's going at like 50% speed in the regular season. And then he turns it on in the playoffs. So now we have the matchup is set. The matchup everyone wants. It's going to be an incredible matchup. If Mahomes goes in again on the road into Baltimore, the most complete team probably in the NFL right now, and wins. And I'm not betting against Mahomes. I'll tell you that right now. If he does that, that just cements him as, to me, one of the greatest ever. If not the greatest ever. He's right up there with Brady if he finds a way to, this year to get it done. Now I know he needs to play a little more and get, and get some more wins and all that stuff. Put some more stats up. But as far as anything I've seen, there's nobody like him. He's special. And we get the matchup we were looking forward to. Nicole Hardman versus Dalvin Cook. The matchup of former Jets revenge game and the AFC Championship game. So who are you rooting for? But my point about Patrick Mahomes is this was the year to get him. Laurie Rubinson said this to me last night on the fan. If you're Josh Allen, if you're Lamar Jackson, if you're any of these guys who play quarterback in the, in the AFC, Tua Tungavailoa included, if you want to include him, this was the year. Because the Chiefs are going to be in a better cap situation going into this offseason. They're going to address, the defense is set. They're going to address The receiver position. Maybe get another tight end. Maybe get a third down back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Pacheco's good. He's in place. He'll be improving if he can stay healthy. Rasheed Rice, nice receiver that you have there. He'll be improving in his second year as a rookie-wide receiver. And you bring in a receiver or two in the draft, free agency, whoever it is. If Mahomes is doing what he's doing now with this team, This was the chance to get him because they're only going to be better. And this was the chance. You had him on the road. You had him with a bad receiving core. You had him with a bad juju around this team. Not the season you expect from Patrick Mahomes. And now you're going into next year and he's going to have all those weapons. He'll probably have home field again if he has those weapons. This was the year to win. And if it didn't happen now... And it didn't happen yesterday for the Bills, it's not going to happen for them. I don't know when it does. Because you're not going into Arrowhead with an improved Chiefs team beyond this season. And what got me thinking was, with all the do-over talk that the Jets have, because I have to bring it back to the Jets. This is the Jets podcast, like I said. When we talk about the do-over, oh, it's just a do-over. Rogers is going, and I love the Rodgers stuff. I love him going out there with his offensive line and playing golf and he got a hole-in-one apparently, who knows? I'm not a huge golfer, but did that look like a really short hole? Like, I guess it is. maybe it's like a par three or something, so it's a shorter hole, but it looked really close. Like the videos from the hole-in-one. Anyway, that's a side point. So I love that stuff. I do. But at the same time, to think that next year is going to be easier, CJ Stroud a year older, a year better. Justin Herbert, probably with John Harbaugh as his head coach, they'll figure it out. Mahomes with a better receiver room. Who knows what happens with Josh Allen? I don't think giving Tua Tungavailoa a contract is the right decision. So I think, but they'll still be good in the regular season, probably, even if they give Tua a contract, they're good at home. They're good in the warm weather. Who knows? Trevor Lawrence may be better. I don't know. It's weird with him. Joe Burrow is going to be healthy. Lamar's having an, had an MVP season this year. And that team, they finally put receivers around him. They're only getting better, and that defense is incredible. Is it really going to be easier? are they just going to be, what, the seventh best position team in the AFC next year? The AFC is going to be a gauntlet next year. And I know we said that coming into this year also, and it didn't work out quite that way because Mahomes had a down year. Burrow got hurt. Obviously, Herbert and that situation out in L.A., so there a lot of different scenarios this year in the AFC that caused it to not be that gauntlet, and that's what happens in the NFL every year. But to think that Burrow's not going to be back next year, Herbert's not going to be a little better, Lawrence is not going to be a little better, Stroud's not going to take that next step, Mahomes' receiving room is not going to be better. You had your opportunity this year if you're the Jets. And you didn't get it done. And that's on you. That's on the Jets. And to say that next year's just a do-over... And maybe it is. I I, I don't know. But I don't know. To think that this year you had this chance and kind of a weaker AFC and you just told the fans, eh, it's a do-over. We'll do it next year. Kind of makes the dagger suck a little bit more. Again, I'm rooting for the Chiefs coming up this week. Uh, I love greatness. I love watching Patrick Mahomes and the displays he puts on. All right, we'll get into a little bit more Jets news coming up. We'll talk about Bill Belichick a little bit. Obviously, we'll have the episode later with um, with Bilal later this week. Lots to talk about, lots to get into, and a whole lot more. I'll be right back after a quick break. You know, my biggest takeaway from the Jets season as we're coming back here is that, look, for the second consecutive year, they're seven and ten. Second consecutive year, this team fell short. And if you look at the stretch, it was always one stretch. It was a stretch last year where they lose six in a row to end the year. Was this year, that five-game losing streak that they had in the middle of the year that really doomed their season. And outside of that, they weren't great, but they did enough to win games. And it's like, what happened in that stretch the last six games last year? What happened in the stretch the five games this year? Terrible quarterback play. And, all games that seemed like they were winnable games. If you look back to last year with Minnesota and the Vikings game, uh, that is Minnesota. You look to the um, the Seahawks game, the Jaguars game, all those games felt like winnable games that if you had decent quarterback play, you win those games. And of course, they didn't find a way to win those games. And this year, it's the same thing out in Vegas, obviously at home with the Chargers. Uh, a bunch of those games where I felt like, man, if we just got a little bit of better quarterback play, we could have won those games so it's the same thing I like nothing changes you go into next offseason obviously they need to improve the offensive line but you go into the offseason kind of thinking like okay we're still in a pretty good spot I know the seven wins feels like uh, they weren't really a seven win team they kind of barely got to seven with the fact that they got seven wins is pretty incredible especially they were four and three and then they end the season on a three and seven stretch like yeah they were pretty bad I get it but you are what your record says you are. If that, if you believe in that saying, seven and 10 the last two years, it's not good, but it's not as catastrophic considering the quarterback play that they got was so bad. And so you wonder where you go this offseason. So obviously the rumors about a wide receiver, but now Antonio Pierce is staying. So do you go out and you try and still trade for Devonte Adams, even with Antonio Pierce staying? Obviously the rumors with Garrett Wilson changing his number to five, 17 is now open. Mike Evans rumors, obviously, that's part of it. T. Higgins is a free agent. He's injury prone. I like Mike Evans. He has a lot of drops, drop issues in his career, drop issues, especially this year and in the playoffs. Um, but he's just the model of consistency. So those drops are going to piss you off, but and they're going to happen. You have Alan Lazard on this contract. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's likely going to move down to the third receiver. And then, you I don't know, do you go Brock Bowers in the draft? Because he's a tight end. You really need offensive line. You really need tackle play. I know he would help the protection. But you need good tackles. And I think it's time to put Vera Tucker back at guard. He's gotten hurt at tackle twice. Maybe you just keep him at guard. I'm not sure what you do with that. I think you need a left tackle is the bottom line. So free agency, draft, trades, whatever it is, however you plan on getting it done. Um, Do you try and... Obviously, Jason Kelsey has not announced his retirement officially yet. Do you try and pry him away from the Eagles? I don't think that's going to happen either. So lots of different decisions, lots of things to do in the offseason. But one thing they're not doing is changing the coaching staff. And I think that's a mistake. I've said that. And it's it's more of what's available today than what is the problem with Roberts. I don't think Roberts Hall is the right coach to get it done, but I think you can win if Rogers is running the offense. I think you can win with him. I don't think he's terrible, but I don't think he's the guy to get it done necessarily. But at the same time, it's more about the fact that there's four coaches available and it seems like Belichick's going to go to Atlanta. Maybe, maybe not. It seems like John Harbaugh is going to go to L.A. I think that's going to happen. Vrabel, it's not clear if there's a spot for him right now. And then obviously Pete Carroll, seems like he's going to sit a year out and wait. And when you look at the job openings and you look at the potential landing spots, Bill Belichick wants to go to a place where he can win quick, where he can get a couple of wins in two seasons, right? Two to three years to get the win record, and he wants to retire. He wants to go to a place that's ready to win now. He can put his imprint on it, has a quarterback that he knows he can deal with that he doesn't have to worry about. He loves Aaron Rodgers. He can put his imprint on this team two to three years is the window Rodgers keeps talking about it makes too much sense for Bill Belichick to go to the Jets. I don't understand why this isn't happening. To me, Bill Belichick to the Jets makes perfect sense. And so, while maybe Robert Sala doesn't deserve to get fired, he hasn't had his quarterback. He hasn't had a, you can make all the excuses for him in the world. There's a guy, and you could talk about the three other guys, obviously, with, with Carroll, with Rabel, with Harbaugh. But the more I think about it, there's a guy who is tailor-made for the New York Jets to go in there, right the wrong, go beat the Patriots twice, twice which you know he's vindictive. Also, it kind of sticks it to the Jets that you needed me to come win with you. I know the Jets beat him the last game of the year. I took no pride in that. I didn't feel great about that. But Bill Belichick and the Jets make so much sense. And the fact that's not happening, he's going to bring a quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields or whether obviously the rumors now are Kirk Cousins, they're going to go down to Atlanta together in an easy division. That's the Brady model, right? Go down to an easy division, the easiest division in football. Nine and eight won that division this year with Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles, right? A guy who said, eh, the game was at hand anyway. I'm not going to call timeout, force them to kick a 48-yard field goal, maybe get the ball back and potentially go down and win the game. Nah, the game's over. Why prolong it? Mind-boggling. A guy who punted. From about midfield, I think it was like fourth and four. Todd Bowles is a like, mind-boggling bad head coach. Wow. And when I was watching the game at first, I was like, man, they're doing a, a, uh, one of those <laughs> pre-produced packages segments on Todd Bowles. Like on how great he's been for this team. Like, man, we had this guy. And then I watched the game and I saw Todd Bowles making the same dumb Todd Bowles decisions. I was like, I eh, forget it. We don't need him. But it also tells you that you don't need a great head coach to win necessarily. Like, competence is nice, but when you have a great quarterback, it's like really about the quarterback. And they don't even have a great quarterback. They have a good defense. He's a really good defensive mind. And Baker Mayfield did just enough and they have a good enough offensive line and etc. Not the point. Point is, you can win with Rob Sala. I'm willing to admit that. But Bill Belichick is the perfect piece for this franchise. And the fact that four guys are available. Now, I know if Salah gets fired next year, they could just bring in Pete Carroll and we're going, we're good. But the fact that you have this opportunity right now and they're not even considering it, they're not thinking about it. They're just like, ah, whatever. We're going to bring back the guy we have. It's not so much about Todd Bowles or rather Robert Salah. I have Todd Bowles in my head now. It's about the other options available and you not going after. And that's the big mistake. And my bigger problem with this, and I've talked about this on the show, is that if another failed season occurs, and I think it's certainly possible, Rogers 41 coming off the Achilles, whole thing. Who's going to get the blame at the end of the day? I do think Joe Douglas deserves some blame. But I think when you lay out his moves, and I've laid it out with Bilal already, so I'm not going to do it again. But when you lay out what he's done, building this defense, the way he's built this defense, the pieces he's put together on this defense, the guys he's found outside of the draft or later rounds of the draft. Look, the offensive line has gotten hurt. I don't think he's made necessarily bad decisions. Tipman's great. Vera Tucker's great. I'll admit it. Makai was a whiff. But Max Mitchell, they have guys. Connor McGovern, these guys that they picked up. Tyler Conklin was a great signing. Jermaine Johnson dr- moving up to draft him again. And obviously Quincy Williams and Bryce Huff and all these guys. The, the contract they gave to DJ Reed. If Joe Douglas gets fired because of another failed season, I'm going to be really upset. I'm going to be upset at Salah that he got the guy fired. So that's why I, I don't know if Bill Belichick's willing to give up control of player personnel decisions and all that. But if he is, it just doesn't make sense that they wouldn't go after him this year. You have the ability to go get the coach that's tormented us for so long and make him yours with a chance to be that team that he gets the record with and him and Rodgers working together. And I was even starting to think that there's this conspiracy theory. Like, man, the first guy to go on the show to talk about, and I know it was more about McAfee and him doing the stunt because everyone's saying, oh, he doesn't want Rogers on the show anymore. And the first guy to comment on the Bill Belichick news was Rogers. It's kind of funny, and they brought him on for a minute. There's something about it being Rogers, like, because he has a connection with Rogers. Rogers loves Belichick. Belichick loves Rogers. I want to see what's going to happen. I think... I don't know. I think there's something there. It's a theory. It's not a great one. But... I feel like there's more there than, than maybe we think. I'm not sure. And I'd love to see... The Jets... Even if it's behind closed doors. I'd love to hear that, yeah. They still have their whole coaching staff in place. They haven't made any changes on the coaching staff. Because... Behind closed doors they were having meetings with those four guys and when those guys turned them down all right Salah's back nothing ever happened we never hear of it but to think that you're just gonna blindly with blind faith go back with Salah just doesn't make sense to me it doesn't doesn't sit well with me at all all right that's gonna do it for the episode today like I said we'll have a longer episode with Bilal we'll we'll talk about the season we'll talk about what happened in the last game of the year we'll talk about going into next year we'll talk about the NFL playoffs Whole lot to talk about. We'll preview the offseason with Bilal as well. Lots more to get to, of course. So stay tuned, stay locked in. We're gonna have a great show throughout the offseason. We're gonna have great guests now that guys are more available, former athletes, former teammates of Bilal, stuff like that. So don't go anywhere. Keep it tuned. We appreciate everyone for listening to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Until next time, see y'all. Rex. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Hum.